This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Bo Klugston from Aluka in Copenhagen. Hear how Bo has found unexpected freedom during a difficult moment and how he's built a new concept, Aluka at Home. We're back tomorrow with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Bo. Bo, hi. Hi, Howie. What are you up to? Mate, so I'm, uh, I'm uh, actually in my temporary uh, house right now. We're renovating our new apartment. We're renovating the restaurant. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we're optimistic and we're hopeful right now, actually. Was the restaurant renovation a scheduled renovation or was it like we're closed? We got to paint the walls. No, I mean, it was, it was scheduled, but not this quickly. This has sped everything up. Um, I can tell you, I mean, basically I can tell you my mood right now and how I feel and why, um, but we're optimistic and we're hopeful. We're also scared and we're stressed, right? So it changes daily, but to put it in comparison, Denmark, um, or the government has given such good packages that we are not, I mean, we've got 90% salaries paid. We've got a hundred percent fixed costs. There's going to be help for businesses. So our staff has been taken care of. We've got minimal loss compared to our first outlook. So we've sort of gone into a hibernation stage. Um, and we're lucky compared to most uh, countries not to have that financial stress. But so this hibernation is, we focus on how can we, when we do reopen, it's not if, it's when we do. So how do we get the Danes? So the Danes, they want a place to feel safe. So we've sort of sped up our renovation. So when they come back to Aluka, it's cozy and it's safe. And it's, it's that place that uh, they missed. Have you made choices in, in the renovation for a post-COVID world in terms of making things feel more comfortable? Yeah, 100%. I mean, made the, for us, the after is, is the beginning. I mean, we need to adapt to cater to the Danes. There's going to be, of course, no tourism or very little uh, this year. And we need to have a clear message that um, it's a place for everybody. And it's a place that you're safe. It's a place that you can just come in. And I mean, what is a restaurant now? And what is, what is the future of a restaurant we don't know, but uh, we want to make sure that when you come, you you feel welcome and just at home. I, I think people might be able to hear from your accent that, in fact, you're you're not Danish. You're from Australia. You've chosen this this way of life where the uh, the tax rate is so much higher, and you're kind of living in this pseudo socialist society. I would imagine some of those ideas might have been difficult for you at first as, as an Australian. Can you kind of tell me about the transition from getting used to that system to being very grateful for it? Yeah, I mean. So once you're part of the system, it's incredible. I mean, we do pay high taxes. I think we pay, we pay 8% and then on the whole um, salary and then 38 after that. So it is a lot of money. But when there is a, a crisis like there is now, it's, uh, 
is a blessing. We are so fortunate. Um, and the government has been so good at helping us that, I mean, their goal is that save as many businesses as possible so that when we do, our, or when we are able to reopen at some stage, um, it's it's quick and we're straight back into it and there's few jobs lost and everyone's sort of back to normal or the new normal. How are you keeping up with your team? How are you guys communicating? Uh, we are communicating, of course, just by phone. We're, we're a small team, Howie. We're only uh, eight people. So it's quite easy to, uh, we take phone calls once a week. Um, and we're, we're brainstorming about the, the future of our Luca, uh, different types of initiatives that we're working on. So it's, it's quite easy to uh, take a phone call once a week and keep them involved as well. Tell me about some of the things that are going on in those brainstorms and how you feel. I mean, you have a very small restaurant. It's a team of eight people. Um, how many seats? We are we're 28 seats in the 28 bar, seats. and then four bar seats. Okay. So su- super, super intimate. So how do you, how do you come back? What's, what's, what are some of the ideas that you guys are throwing back and forth? Well, um, there's two things that's been born already from this, this crisis. Um, one is this, this, uh, it's called natural blue and it's sort of like a street food style, fast food or fast casual food. Um, and it's going to be an outdoor market. Think of like the lobster roll, uh, in America. Um, so that's one thing that we're actually moving forward on. Um, and another thing is uh, a bit more educational and also a bit closer to our Luca and it will be our Luca at home and it's sort of pre-cooked meals um, by us um, and it's sort of the it'll be a bit more educational and um, you know it's going to support the suppliers and it's going to be different teaching different variants of seafoods and how to cook it it's going to be instructions and video instructions um, also help stay connected so it's um, yeah it's very exciting and we hope to launch this uh, next week Wow. So this is actually fascinating. I mean, you're somebody who worked at, at Noma. You have great technique. You can do anything, cook anything. Aluka's a, a, a very special restaurant, cooking at a very high level. Um, and now you're you're thinking about things like um, street food and, and carry out. Are you surprised, you know, if three years ago, Bo could be looking at current Bo right now? What would, yeah, what right. would he say, right? I mean, it makes me smile, actually. I mean, um, of course, it's taken away, taken away all the ego and it's sort of, I can do things now with this freedom, with this, um, I don't know, no one judges you anymore. I mean, everyone's in it together and you need to do what you need to do to survive. And it's sort of, it's quite liberating, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel that too. I get that. Um, Copenhagen's such a special place. It's really taken the lead on so many food issues from sustainability within the restaurant to, to zero waste to really cooking things that are local on top of local to working with local suppliers in really intimate ways where suppliers really become like family. Can you tell me about some of your suppliers and, and some of their anxieties and how maybe some of the support from chefs and the government have ease their burden a little bit as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, basically, the first thing when uh, this crisis happened, how to keep our Luca, 
how to keep the staff. After that was done, the first thing we did was ring up all our suppliers. And we work with very small suppliers and we need them to be there when we get back as well. Um, so we were trying to brainstorm with them. Can we be a, a drop-off or a pickup point uh, for your seafood boxes or how can we help you? And not, not all of them, but um, I mean, this package that the government's helping us, they're also helping them. I mean, so everyone's in quite a an okay situation. So um, no one really took us up on that. And it's actually, it's actually flipped now. So this, uh, the suppliers have started to reach out to us saying, hey guys, we're building a platform um, and we want to sell your gift cards and we want to help you. So it's, it's actually, in a way, reverse for us on a lot of our suppliers. So the suppliers are, are flipping to a direct-to-consumer model and you've offered to use your space as a touch point for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and now they're creating a website and uh, you know trying to help the restaurants. So it's it's quite a beautiful like uh, ecosystem. It is interesting. I do think that one result of this is is people will be able to reach other people in unprecedented ways. Whether it's suppliers going directly to consumers or, or restaurants having a broader customer base that wouldn't have necessarily been their customer base before because of price point or perception of the style of cooking that's been done. It does look like more unity and unification is possible from this, especially in a place like Copenhagen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there is a lot of lessons in hardships, right? And I mean, there's a lot of beautiful things come out of this as well. You know, the, the amount of creativity that's that we're seeing and the amount of people adapting their restaurants and the new initiatives and I mean, of course, the support and the friendships, it's like, it's on a whole nother level now. Aluka's in a newer restaurant, less than two years old, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, is it easier being a younger restaurant when something like this happens because you don't have, you know, years of, of history to, to cling to in a way and you can be more nimble as you're still developing your identity? Yeah, I mean, yes and no, for sure. I mean... We've spent a year and a half now just creating our brand that is quality in a way um, and products. Um, but on the flip side, we've never had a good liquidity. Um, so that's that's been one thing, right? Um, but we also, it's only two of us, it's the wife and myself. So it takes a lot more longer to sort of uh, to go through the processes, you know, and two years ago, my role was just cooking. And now it's like I'm learning to swim just by jumping in. It's like, a, I don't know, driving a Ferrari in a horse race. So, I mean, there is a lot of people helping, though. There's a lot of sharing knowledge and information. So it's, it is, it, I would say it is easier, but it's also, on some ways, it would be beautiful to have an accountant or beautiful to have a, you know, a lawyer to help us in different aspects. Wow. So your wife is your business partner. Yeah, she's actually, she's not in the industry, but she's, uh, she's many things. She's uh, the account. She does all the books with me. She's, uh, yeah, she's a business partner, but she's also the HR. She's, uh, she's everything. So all, all the all the eggs in, in, in one basket, which can be a little bit stressful. It's not like she has a, a separate job in a separate industry that's not as affected. 
Yeah. Yeah, she's in she's a scientist for the government actually. So ah. so she's been sent home and on of course full salary, et cetera, et cetera. But there's so much work now with Aluka. So now she's actually taken a her vacation to sort of to help us. Oh, hero. So your wife does have another full time job. She's not in the Aluka business every day. She's just she's she's doing this because support the family. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Cheers to her. What kind of scientist is she? Uh, she's a human biologist, actually. So she mostly focuses on uh, on cancer, cancer research. Good Lord. Heroic. Um, wow. I'm curious now to have a whole conversation about the state of cancer research during COVID-19. But I, I guess that's a, a separate show. I'm amazed. I'm, I'm, t- I'm totally amazed. What would you be cooking right now in the restaurant? What are you missing? What's in season? And are you getting some of it at home just to, to kind of keep your keep your tools sharp? Yeah, I mean, I've been also testing a lot with this aluka at home. So I've been doing, um, you know, chowders and fish pies and these sort of things. But I mean, right now, spring, March is, oh, now we're April. But April is exciting. You know, the plant kingdom's waking up. It's got all the... You know, the first rhubarb soon to come in and soon it's going to be peas and fava beans. And I mean, the plant kingdom's waking up. Um, the ocean is still incredible. I mean, we're getting all the flat fish and all the, the mussels and the little shrimps and the um, prawns. So it's, I mean, now is an exciting time to be cooking, actually. And we've just came out of winter, which is always tough and, you know, quite boring root vegetables and cabbages so yeah i'm itching to get i'm itching to get back in how does the fishing industry handle social distancing even on even on small boats there's a few people and it's not like there's a lot of room no but i mean for instance my fishermen i mean the commercial i'm really looking into more of the commercial they're going to be really hit hard but my fishermen uh you know, two people on a boat and one diver or three people on the boat max. And our social distancing here is is not as strict as it is um, in your part of the world. So, for instance, we've just been told, try to keep six foot away from people, um, wash your hands, but you're still allowed to go out. There's still 200 people in a supermarket. There's still, I mean, society is... It's it's tightened up, but it's also we're still we're still out out in parks and swimming and stuff. So it's it's not as it's not a lock in like Australia or America or parts of the world. So the the fishing is still okay. How's your family in Australia? Um, they're good. They're good. They come from a small fishing village of five thousand people, so they're not directly affected. Um, Australia is also quite harsh in their their techniques of uh, dealing with it um so for instance they've closed the beaches of they're locked in unless you have to go to the shops or i mean they've taken quite a strong stance as well with such a few cases at the moment when is aluka at home gonna launch uh hopefully next friday actually next friday yeah so next friday is the 17th yeah so yeah, so basically, like sort of to clarify it, it's, it's basically you're going to, we've done the prep and you're going to finish the cooking. So you might have to chop and wash and fold things in, but it's going to be a bit of like a produce bag and a, like a, a, prep, a prep dish that you might just have to fold in. So for instance, 
let's just say uh, the chowder. You might, it might be the base of a chowder with the vegetables. You just have to fold in the seafood and let it simmer and chop the, the herbs and um, add it, you know? So it's how cool. Yeah. So it's how I'm, nimble. I'm excited about that because it's, it's, it's so delicious. That's great. Um, how long have you lived in Denmark for? Uh, I've been here. I moved here in 2009, actually, in uh, the winter of 2009. Okay, so it's been over a decade. And one of the things you mentioned is you you have to create a space now where Danes are are going to feel safe. And I know you do depend a lot on tourists for your business, as do many of the great restaurants in Copenhagen. So what do you know about Danes and what is it going to take to get them out of the house and into your restaurant on a more frequent basis. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit more lucky than than some of our friends because we are a bistro, um, all the modern day bistro. Um, So our prices are a bit more affordable. But the thing is, there is so many great restaurants that it's not that the Danes aren't going out. There's just so much to choose from. So it's, it's more about you tried that restaurant this week. Let's try another one next week. Um, so I don't think it's a problem of the Danes going out, um, but I hope that my worry is uh, when the reopening that restaurants drop their price um, to get the consumer. You know, mm-hmm. and we already have thin margins, and we're already the restaurants are not going to lower their standard or the quality of ingredients. So I hope we don't go into this spiral effect where we just everyone lowers their price and uh, right yeah right i mean every every restaurant person i've talked to in the last few weeks all kind of summarily agree that in most cases food needs to be more expensive not less yeah 100 percent. yeah exactly so the trick for you is really getting regulars people who come back and people who want to eat at aluka every friday night or every monday you know every monday evening and come in for you know come in for a drink every wednesday or whatever yeah that's for sure key. for sure is that a danish thing to be or be a regular somewhere or it, it's more try this try that no i mean there is for sure i mean we have regulars already but it's not um it's not uh 40 40 people a night uh five nights a week even though we're only 28 seat restaurant. Um, so there is a lot of regulars, but it's, I mean, to sustain the, the higher wages and the, the, the high fixed costs, it's, you need more than that. In the, in the Copenhagen community or even in your global community of, of chef friends, who have you turned to for, for advice and, and conversation and idea sharing during this time? Yeah. I mean, uh, oh, mate, I've, it's it's been crazy. I mean, I've talked to everyone, and everyone's. I mean, I've had conversations with uh, bartenders, and uh, I mean, Jeffrey from Borderdash, Bauman, Christian Bauman from One Hundred and Eight. I spoke with Renee. I spoke to Madalanda. I spoke to Rosier. I spoke to. I mean, I don't. I couldn't. It'd be almost quicker to say the other way. Um, <laughs> you know, everyone is about community now, right? And about sharing knowledge and also there's a lot of nationalities here that are not danish so it's it's like how did you interpret that uh i mean you're applying for your fixed costs how do you interpret the paragraph three you know um so it's sort of like sharing and like helping each other so everyone can reopen 
So you guys had to drill down on the language kind of collectively to figure out what it said in Danish. Yeah, but even in Danish, like my wife, she's Danish. And even some of the language, it's like, it's such a new situation for everyone. And even when my wife calls the hotline, she asks a question about something that's just been released. The people in the hotline don't know. You know, it's new to them. They've just been, it's just been approved in parliament the day before. So it's, everyone's going through this. You need to navigate it. You need to do what's right, but also you don't want to be wrong because they will come back at you, you know, and you don't want to be in a situation where in a year you have to repay this much money because you thought you could get this. I totally understand. Bo, our show is called Takeaway Only. I'm wondering what your big takeaway has been from existing in this moment. I mean, I think the crisis has proved that everything around us is so temporary, right? So it's... um, and because of that, there's been so much friendship and sense of community and support. And I think that when we go into the next phase, the, the reopening of the restaurants and the survival mode, we just need to remember the, the friendships and the support and the community. And we need to get through it together and not just the small community, but as an industry together, I think. That's my takeaway. I respect that. And I'm really excited for a Luca at home, even though I live across an ocean and I'm definitely not going to be trying it until I can get on a plane again. But great idea. I know it's going to be great food. Uh, if you're in Copenhagen, go get it. Thanks, Howie. Thank you so much. That was Bo Clugston. You can follow him on Instagram at Bo Clugston. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Free Time Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at Beeples. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardu, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.